Hello and welcome to Doors and Devices, a podcast dedicated to all things design. Before we begin, I would like to thank all of you for your great feedback. I have received some constructive suggestions regarding tone, sound quality and content. I will be incorporating your feedback as we move ahead with upcoming episodes and hopefully things will get better from here. So, we are on the 5th episode and this one will be a bit different from what we have covered till date. Rather than talking about informational content, today I'll be speaking about my design story. What I have learned as a designer over 8 years, what mistakes I did, how I learned from them, and the way my design process and methods have evolved over time. By the way, this is not my life story, but a story of my design experience. The idea is that a story is more powerful than facts. and a personal story can inform about design in a better perspective so without further ado let's dive in let's go back to 2008 i still wonder how much the world has changed in just a decade and perhaps i can have an entire podcast dedicated to it back then we were still largely dealing with websites and desktop applications iPhone was new and the App Store only came to picture in July 2008. I was learning the skills of the trade through whatever blogs and tutorials we had at that time with my focus entirely on visual design. We were still in the world of skeuomorphism and the iPhone UI just doubled up on it. Most of my efforts were geared towards learning the discipline of visual design including color theory, gestalt principles, basic typography and making shiny buttons and fancy headers. To be honest, most of the clients focused on beautiful user interface, and that time design thinking was still an unknown realm for me. I wrote a couple of articles on web design for Smashing Magazine that got some traction in the design community, and I landed my first job because of that. It was not entirely a design job, but I was working very closely with the design team. Now, this design team was too good at visual design, and I felt like a total amateur in front of them. Photoshop was the tool back then. and i learned quite a few nifty tricks from this team now this was also the time when responsive web design started eyeballs rolling everywhere i still remember that excitement of resizing the browser and watching the web elements getting resized and restructured perfectly it was awesome because i had some experience in web development it felt really amazing working with css media queries and changing the layout according to form factor of the device jquery was also pretty hot in those days and i was neck deep into it So in between all this I got a lucky break to lead a design team at a travel solutions company in Mumbai. Well, I took the position seriously and blazed through a number of design books on best design practices. This was the first time I learned that design is much more than just aesthetics. Despite all the reading, I was unaware that this was not going to be a smooth sail for me. The biggest hurdle was dealing with complexities of a travel software known as global distribution system or GDS. Basically it enables transactions between travel industry service providers and travel agencies. Now I had this tendency of jumping to solutions. Let's make the screens. It will be awesome. Turns out that I used to miss something or the other because of the inherent complexity of the product. Or sometimes I miss considering various use cases. That's when I slowly learned to dedicate enough time in the problem space without thinking about the solutions. and this is where i also had my first hands on with user research we interviewed travel agents to understand how they used a gds tool and what problems they were facing using it being a first time interviewer as a lot of leading questions like i saw you are having trouble making a booking so what happened there 
Now, leading questions like this result in a biased or false answers and you don't get the results you are looking for. It was only after multiple interviews that I realized this mistake and relied more on probing techniques. But anyways, this was a really good learning experience. The other big issue I had was working with developers and managers. You might be a little surprised to hear this, but believe me, it's quite an issue if you're new to working with multidisciplinary teams. First of all, you have this so-called designer ego, which goes like, my design is correct and you're so wrong criticizing it because you don't know design. Well, learning to take feedback is critical in becoming a good designer. And I think it's really important to keep your emotions aside and at least listen properly to what the other guy is speaking about your work. If you will keep the door shut, you will never learn. At the same time, it's also important to understand the life cycle of a product and the business use case associated with it. When we talk about solving problems through design, it means that we are solving for both users and business. So it's necessary to have a good understanding with your managers and engineers because a product can't be made without them. And this understanding essentially comes from being good partners with them throughout the product cycle and communicating designs to them in a clear manner. Overall, I would say that this job was a great learning experience for me as a designer. And I also realized that despite reading a lot about design, you can't become good at it unless you have a hands-on experience. So armed with these learnings, I went ahead with my own startup, which was a social learning network for science. The first version was mostly based on my understanding of the education space in science. I spoke to some professors and students to understand their perspective and designed and developed the first version of the platform based on this input and my intuition. This was a minimum viable product with just the right amount of features to get users play with the product. The platform was highly upvoted on Hacker News and this time around, I made sure to seriously consider the feedback from users, friends and colleagues. For almost a year, me and my wife were the only designers and developers for the platform. Nonetheless, we ensured to take regular feedback from our users and kept on iterating the product based on business and user requirements. Post-funding, we started building our development team, but I was still the only designer in the team. With a growing platform, we realized that users were looking for a more personalized and meaningful experience. And that's when we decided to work on second version of the platform. Before going into screen design, we conducted several user interviews, deep dived into behavioral analytics, and evaluated our platform in terms of user needs, business requirements, features, and technical performance. Post this analysis, we not only revamped the UI, but added and deleted features to increase stickiness, made the platform more personalized, introduced a hook model to attract and retain users, and made several technical improvements to provide a more delightful experience. But this does not mean that we had the most optimal product in our hands. Design is never finished and our users made us realize that very soon. The issue was that the platform had users across a large spectrum, from high school students till doctorates and working professionals. Even though we had introduced better personalized content, users were still feeling lost in the ocean of content and numerous features available on the platform. This resulted in uneven distributions of users across different sections of the platform. Some sections had higher engagement, while others saw huge bounce rates or even abandonment in some use cases. We realized that the platform felt disconnected. It had some information architecture issues. Some features were only used by advanced users and a chunk of content remained unexplored. To better understand the problem, we did open and closed card sorting exercises to understand navigation issues, conducted usability tests 
and task analysis along with some another round of user interviews and quant analysis through surveys and questionnaires. With the insights gathered from these studies, we introduced better search for findability, built a simple recommendation engine to explore content, improved our navigation structure, and introduced different interaction to suit different needs of our users. One such example is writing equations on the platform. Advanced users could always use LaTeX for equations. By the way, you have to learn LaTeX if you are dealing with equations. For intermediate users, we introduce a visual equation editor to make equations without the hassle of remembering LaTeX syntax. And for beginners, we made a custom equation caller. So you just had to start typing the name of the equation and the system will automatically write the needed LaTeX for it. Our users love these improvements and we saw the engagement go up by a whopping 73% over a period of three months. We also started auto-tagging comments with relevant science topics using natural language processing. This resulted in higher engagement on our discussions. My biggest learning here was that a deep collaboration between engineering and design can work wonders for the product. Our engineers were deeply involved in product decision-making and gave some valuable input to improve our experience through cutting-edge technology. Speaking of UI, this was the time when flat design movement picked up, thanks to iOS 7. I also worked on the design for our iOS app with heavy focus on typography. Being a content-driven social network, readability on mobile device was our focus area, and we ensured to deliver the best experience through our app. We conducted some readability tests with our users and played with various fonts and typography options. The app received some good reviews for its design, but did not perform that well on the App Store. We later realized that even though a good portion of our traffic was coming from mobile devices, a very small percentage belonged to iOS devices. We somehow ignored this fact and the apps sink to bottom of the charts. I would say that the whole startup experience was really great for me as a designer. I got an opportunity to work on relatively complex project at scale with emphasis on multiple UX activities from qualitative and quantitative research till visual design, prototyping and usability testing. If you would like to know more, I have given some links about the case studies in show notes. Post my startup, I took a break to work on an app for designers. The idea was about a tool that can help designers streamline their design process along with providing them tips and guidance related to various UX activities. And with this idea, I began the journey of designing UX Assist, an iOS app for designers. I began with secondary research to gather some data on how designers work and the design processes they followed for their products. This was followed by primary research through interviews with designers from big and small companies in India and US. Post-research, I followed the process of wireframing, prototyping, and iterations based on feedback from fellow designers. The app provided multiple workflows to the designers based on the kind of product they were working on, which could be an optimum viable product, a minimum viable product, a client-based product, or a data-driven product. After spending six months in design and development, the app was released on the App Store in January 2016. The app is still live, but has not been updated since quite some time. Having said that, the new version is very much on the cards and should be released early next year. UX Assist was a very fulfilling project as it was a tool for designer from a designer. I made new friends in the design community and received immense support from them throughout beta testing. That's one thing which I really love about the design community. It's not only very welcoming for new designers, but is always ready to support you in your endeavors. And I'll try to give back through articles, workshop, and well, podcast. So, 
Two years back, I moved to PayPal and this was the first big company experience for me. I must admit that things are very different here as compared to my experience working in startups. There's a well-rounded design team comprising of user researchers, content designers, and interaction designers. Designing for a global product with millions of users, that too in the finance domain, asks for responsibility and precision, but is also a very rewarding experience. While the pace of work is certainly different from startups, the design process itself is very thorough and complete. The thing is that managers and engineers are also design aware here that makes collaboration not only easy, but also very productive. So that was my design story compressed in 12, 13 odd minutes. There's always something new to learn every day and design stories inspire and motivate you to get better in your craft. I will be looking forward to know your design stories. Do send them across to my email adit at finepointlabs.com. On that note, I would like to end this episode of Doors and Devices. Do subscribe and rate the podcast on your favorite apps. And please continue sending your feedback to me. I would love to know how I can make the podcast more enjoyable and helpful for everyone. I'll soon be back with the next episode. Till then, have fun designing.